welcome to Glitching the Code. Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code here on Iconic.com and you'll be listening to this on audio on Spotify and iTunes um, and you'll see also BitChute and YouTube until they throw us off. I'm here with Amy here today. Her channel is Amy Says WTF and um, the reason I wanted to get Amy on because the work she's been looking into is so in-depth and deep down the rabbit hole as we, we tend to call it that not many people are looking to this and also I was really intrigued because Amy's doing research that not a lot of people are doing and you get a lot of people that are doing the research and have a massive following but it's nowhere near as in-depth from what Amy's doing and I think that's something I'd like to cover because it seems to be the more in-depth you go the less reach you get and and I know you've had channels taken down as well um, so Amy, um, welcome to Iconic, at my Iconic platform. We'll do a few of these. It's really lovely to speak to you, and thank you for taking the time. What got you started into looking into this stuff? Because it's a that fascinates me. Because it's always usually something very strange you come across, and it, you don't start where you're here. And how did you get to the Jesuits of all things? Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to be talking with you. Um, so I started seriously researching mind control back in 2012. And I have to shout out to Freeman Fly and Higher Side Chats and Tracy Twyman, the OGs of Conspiracy Podcasts, for sending me down this crazy journey. Um, it really started with Project Monarch and MK Ultra and the idea of selling your soul and demonic possession that got me really hooked into all this stuff. Um, the movie Zeitgeist blew mm -hmm. my mind at the time. And it just led me to where I am today. It led me down to the royal families and the black nobility and the Jesuits. And um, I grew up Catholic and I had heard about the Jesuits, but I always believed that they had really good intentions. I really didn't second guess them, but I started reading a lot of books. And there are a lot of people, a lot of Jesuit whistleblowers coming forward that talk about the black magic and their association with the imperial cult of Rome and the great white brotherhood which we'll get into today and um, just kind of realized that wow the Jesuits might be the most misunderstood group in the world and that they're actually victims of mind control themselves that's really important that you've said that and I I, I, um, I have this conversation with people before we we're looking at generations of almost like epigenetic abuse going on for years and yes. the likes of, say, Michael Jackson, I've looked into quite a lot, seems to be surrounded by these people. And even if you think he was an abuser, it's clearly that he was abused as a kid. That's that's not even, I don't think, questionable. Um, and to look at some of the stuff he's come out with, he tried to tell a lot of people what was going on through his music and through the videos and through the symbology in the videos for the years. Um, but as you say, it goes on, doesn't it? So the likes of yeah. President Bush, the likes of the people we're seeing, the Fauci's of the world, not only are they abusers... They're abuse victims as well. Um, just talk to me a little bit about your understanding of that and how that kind of works. So with the Jesuits, let me <clears throat> let me start with the Jesuits. Okay. Um, so the Jesuits were established by Ignatius of Loyola under the Vatican through the papal bull in 1540. And what most people don't know about the Jesuits is they have been expelled over and over again from almost every Catholic European country in the 1700s um, to modern day. And Charles III expelled the Jesuits from all the Spanish-controlled territories because he felt they had acquired too much power, wealth, and influence. But no matter how many times the Jesuits were expelled, they always found a way back in, back into these countries after the chaos that they created subsided. 
And to me, it's this proof that there is something morally wrong with them. Um, there have been a lot of people that have come forward talking about the Jesuits. And uh, I found a quote from Senator Robert Owen from 1916, and it said, the United States is the prime target to which the Vatican directs the subversive and destructive activities of the Jesuits, which I thought was so telling. And when you think about all the people in the United States right now, during this COVID pandemic, most of these people are Jesuit educated. They went, most of them went to Georgetown University, which is the oldest Jesuit college in the United States. And I just can't, help but ask myself, you know, is this a coincidence or are some of these people actually agents of the Jesuits? And I can't say for certain, but when you connect the dots and you see that you're looking at the Trumps, uh, the Podesta brothers, Steve Bannon, Stephen Miller, Paul Manafort, Justin Trudeau, Robert Redfield, the head of the CDC, Anthony Fauci, Jay Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Gavin Newsom, the Cuomo brothers, and Mike Madigan, who runs the Chicago Mafia. And I'm just like, this is, it's just too much. Plus Joe Biden has two Jesuit honorary degrees. Hunter Biden attended Georgetown and served as a Jesuit volunteer after he graduated. And not to mention eight out of the nine justices that sit on our Supreme Court were all Jesuit educated and members of the Jesuit fraternity Phi Beta Kappa. Uh, Vanderbilt professor David Donaldson claimed that Phi Beta Kappa was a Marxist fraternity and was heavily influenced by communist ideals. These are eight out of the nine justices. So to me, that's just very mind-blowing, not to mention the World Bank Group, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Bank of England, the European Central Bank are all run by Jesuit educated people. The Jesuits have run the IRS, they've run NASA. I think seven CIA directors have been Jesuit educated and they all graduated from Georgetown. Mm -hmm. And Georgetown is extremely selective in who they choose to enroll. They take pride in the fact that many of their graduates go on to be leaders on the world stage. So this alone just says so much to me, just knowing like who we see on TV and the puppets that are put in front of us, they're all they're all kind of one and the same. It's amazing, isn't it? So when it comes to the Jesuits, what's the difference between a Jesuit and the Catholic Church? There is a, they're a different thing, aren't they? They're not one and the same, but there seems to be some crossover, the Vatican, Catholic Church, and the Jesuit. That can be quite confusing for someone who's coming at this and going, I don't really understand what the difference between these things are. Yeah, so... Yeah, I just think the Jesuits are their own little sect. Um, it's it's more of like a secret society. Um, they have their own rules. They have their own oaths that they take. Um, for example... So Jesuit training lasts anywhere from eight to 14 years. Mm -hmm. And by the time these priests are thrown back out into the world, they are highly brainwashed. Uh, Jesuit rule 13 reads that we may be all together of the same mind and conformity. And in other words, it just says to me, do not think for yourself and follow blindly. Um, Historian R. Healy stated that, I'm going to read a quote, the Jesuits are so extreme in their submission, they become like machines. 
Their determination to achieve their goals drew on powers unavailable to other men through black magic. If Jesuits speak about the works of the Jesuits, they will find themselves assassinated. So to me, the difference between the Jesuits and the Catholic priests, um, these guys are Manchurian candidates. Hmm. Um, Catholic priests just run the churches and collect money for the churches and, you know, uh, the Jesuits, I realize, are actually victims of brainwashing and mind control. And they are evil, no doubt. And I just think that they are victims of the globalist control. So they, yeah, because there's so many subsects of different people that seem to lock interlock, isn't there? And the Jesuits, yeah. when it comes to that, I mean, you know, I think Sam Tripoli was talking a lot about the Jesuits. Jordan Maxwell talks about a lot about the Jesuits. But they always mm-hmm. come back to, obviously, all the roads lead to Rome, the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Um, do do the black nobility answer to the Jesuits? Do Jesuits answer the black nobility? Do the black nobility answer to the Vatican? What is going on there? There seems to be a power struggle going on. Yes. So the power structure, um, if we go back to the black nobility, let me talk about the black nobility for a little bit. Okay. Um, so the black nobility are the powerful royal families that are connected to the Vatican, whose ancestors were popes and Jesuits. And their roots can be traced back to the Venetian oligarchs of Khazar, otherwise known as the Khazarians. Mm-hmm. And they married into Roman royal houses in the early part of the 12th century. So these black nobility families still exist. And even though some of the Roman houses have dissolved over the centuries, Uh, Some of these people intermarried into other royal houses, such as Spain, Austria, Luxembourg, France, Belgium, House of Windsor. And according to John Coleman, the black nobility established the Committee of 300 in the early 18th century. And I believe it is the black nobility that established the Sicilian Mafia. Mm -hmm. The Sicilian Mafia infiltrated the United States in the early 20th century. And these crime families still operate and oversee many of the power players on the world stage, especially in the United States. The Committee of 300 oversees many powerful organizations in the world, and one of them is the Club of Rome, which was established by the Anglo-American bankers and the Black nobility families of Europe. So the key of the black nobility's success is their ability to create and manage these economic recessions and depressions through modern slavery, which is financial debt. And as long as they keep interest rates and taxes high and inflation, it makes people the prisoners of money. And through television and movies, so many people have been brainwashed to keep up with the Joneses, to have that fancy car, have that big house, name brands, and people are spending outside of their means when in fact they're just sinking more and more into debt and it's just a big scam. It's this big illusion of what happiness really means. And we're sold this through television and movies. And I believe true happiness is financial freedom. Mm. And financial freedom means breaking out of the matrix, whether it's quitting a corporate job or starting your own business. And the black nobility are behind all of these things. And this goes along with this pro-environmentalist agenda, uh, Agenda 2030, which is actually intended to curb population growth. And these families desire, in my opinion, to return to a feudal system where they are in complete control and will once again become the absolute rulers And I believe this is what the real new world order is. I think 
the black nobility is longing for this one world government where they rule. And the Roman house of Farnese, who ruled when the Jesuits were established, built a pentagonal mansion in Caprarola, Italy, which was the architectural basis for the United States Pentagon. So you can see how there's a lot of stuff going on in these European countries that have moved over to the U.S. So I think there's been a lot of infiltration since the 1700s. Uh, the Jesuit headquarters, the Gesu Church, has the name Farnese engraved on the top of their church. The House of Farnese actually dissolved in 1766, but assimilated into the House of Bourbon, two mm -hmm. Sicilies, through the marriage of Elizabeth Farnese and the House of Bourbon King Philip V of Spain. And so this is where the power structure begins. So it is the House of Bourbon who oversees the Vatican, the United Nations, and the Jesuits. And the current head of the House of Bourbon is Prince Carlo. And Prince Carlo took over the house in 2008 when his father, Prince Ferdinand, died. Prince Carlo is a descendant of Prince Rainier, the former head of the House of Bourbon. And where have we heard that name before? Keith Rainier, mm. the leader of Nexium, which was a very strange connection. And Prince Carlo's role as the head of the House of Bourbon makes him superior over uh, two orders. And the first one is the Sacred Military Constinian Order of St. George, and the Royal Order of Francis I. And the Sacred Military was established in 1718 as the sole international Catholic order alongside the, the Knights of Malta. So you have the Knights of Malta and the Sacred Military who oversee international law that governs the Vatican, otherwise known as the Holy See. They also have a permanent observer status at the United Nations. And all of these members of these sacred orders have to be descendants of the black nobility. So when you look at the power structure, when you see what's going on in the world, like with the um, World Economic Forum and the United Nations and all this globalist uh, agenda 2030 stuff, it all goes back to these two orders. And so that's who oversees these, these organizations and ultimately Prince Carlo. See, that's a name that most people wouldn't even ever have heard of, and I had never no. heard of, and I'm doing this research for probably 10 years now, Yeah. and I'd never heard of Prince Carlo, um, yeah. or the, the House of Bourbon. Never heard of, yeah. heard of, heard of it at all. Um, and that's incredible that that, that, can, they can, that can happen and have so much pull and you never hear of these people so you end up getting to the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and um, it was Dean Henderson who said to me a few podcasts ago he said I think feels they, they throw the Rothschilds out there to take a lot of the flack yeah to shield a lot of these names what you that's take? what I think I yeah. well the Rothschilds are the fiscal agents of the Vatican mm -hmm. so I think it was, I can't remember what year it was. I think in the 1800s, um, one of the Rothschilds, <clears throat> they've been donating money to the Vatican for years. And I think they just, you know, that's how they, their little cabal began. It's, it's so deep. I mean, so there seems to be a power struggle at the moment. And this is where we were talking just before we started recording with, with Trump. 
and he mm-hmm. seems to be one foot in here. We all, as you said earlier, Trump has Jesuit ties. Biden has Jesuit ties. What is Trump? What is your take on what Trump's doing? Because to me, he's kind of one been used. Maybe they mm-hmm. use his ego against himself, and he thought he was going to be the second coming of in the Middle East and, and sit on Solomon's temple. And maybe they sold it to him in a way that, that appealed to his ego. But it does seem to me now that he really did try and push back on a few things. But then you look at his. He did get behind the vaccine, the rushed out RNA yeah. vaccine, and he did also um, he gave he gave um, Israel and Zionism everything they ever wanted. So yes. I think the cut and dry good and bad is doing us a lot of damage here. Yeah, it's it's just as confusing to me when you look at it. And I mean, I've been called a shill. I've, I mean, I've been called so many names. Like sometimes I defend Trump, and some like I went. I went through this two month period where I was so anti-Trump and I was on this Zionism train for like two months and I just couldn't even get back to thinking Trump was anything good. But I just go back and forth, especially with research. You just kind of you learn so much every day and you just kind of have to weigh out the pros and cons like you were saying. But one thing about Trump, um, Prince Carlo, I don't know if he was a member of Mar-a-Lago but there are photos of Prince Carlo and his family at Mar-a-Lago. Okay. And I believe it was, um, I believe it was on Camilla, Prince Carlo's wife's Instagram. Um, I checked out her Instagram. She has some interesting photos on there. But, <laughs> um, so I don't know. But when you look at Trump, I mean, he's hated by Tavistock. There was an article written by, I can't remember his name, some guy at Tavistock, and he just went on and on about how Tavistock could not rein him in. And when you think, when you go back to like JFK and how he was approached by Tavistock agents, like mm-hmm. every president is always, a, you know, Tavistock is always going after all the presidents, but there's a parallel between JFK and Trump. For some reason, these Tavistock agents, they can pitch all their ideas, but they keep getting rejected. And Kennedy was the first one to really reject the Tavistock. It was, um, during the Cuban Missile Crisis with yeah. FEMA. That was the main one. And with Trump, so there's been articles written by Tavistock telling you that Tavistock doesn't like Trump. So to me, that's a big thing. Um, you look at the mainstream media, the United Nations, China, the Democrats, Davos. There's so many powerful entities out there that are against him. Um, and yeah, I did a video on the Christian Zionist, which was so fascinating um, when I went down that rabbit hole because he really is backed by this Christian Zionist narrative Absolutely. and all these people. And uh, plus, Wilbur Ross was an agent of the Rothschilds. And I know uh, Trump was bailed out by the Rothschilds for mm-hmm. his New Jersey casino. And so there's I just think the, the web is so complex that this globalist game is so intricate that. You, you really can't, I mean, one person can't figure it out. It's just there's so many levels and nobody really knows how deep this goes. Mm. It but, is like trying to unpick a a, a a kitten from a cotton wool ball yeah. or a ball of wool even, not cotton wool ball, does it make sense? Yeah. Um, it is so tangled. I was like, oh, tang- oh what a web yeah. they weave when the first they practice to deceive. And you're going back hundreds of years of deception, thousands of years, really. Yeah in essence, but hundreds of years if you want to look at the modern day families that are at it. Um, and you're not going to be able to unpull it. 
with all of these little things and that and and that's quite disheartening how does that make you feel as somebody who researches stuff to think there really is never going to be an end to this i'm in this yeah. and i'm looking at this stuff but literally i'm that to me is the matrix you're like now i'm fucked now i'm in it and now i know i'm in it and no one else around me really knows what i know how does that kind of make you feel because for myself it's quite hard to speak to people about anything sometimes yeah it's um it can be very lonely and isolating um depressing especially like living my everyday life i mean leaving the house most people don't leave their house without their mask Sometimes I'm a huge rebel. I don't take my phone with me. I don't take my mask. I don't even have a mask. I it's it's difficult. I mean, because when you have people that are working in these professions and they have to wear the mask, otherwise they lose their job. And this is people's livelihoods. This is people these are people that don't want to they don't want the conflict. They don't want the controversy. And I understand that. And they just want to get on with their day and go to work and come home. And um, But for me, I, I can't do it. I can't do it, especially knowing everything that I know. And it's so hard to, ex- well, the black nobility, I, people just laugh. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is actually like a real thing. I know, I know. And it's it's scary, isn't it? That they they're just they refuse to think that it could possibly even happen. And then yeah. more, I mean, twenty twenty has been a tick list for conspiracy theories. And still, I mean, it was only two days ago. I think it was the New York Times come out with a with a the conspiracy theory of the world of uh, the Great Reset. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, what? Like, I don't even as like saying the conspiracy theory of Walmart existing. It's, yeah, it's not even that's not a question. It's not questionable. Yeah. What I don't understand why. You, but this is the thing. They're kind of. That's the sort of men. The, the sort of road that we've gone down. And I'm finding yeah. it hard to even have the word for it because insanity isn't even strong enough. You know? Do you ever wonder why you are able to see? I, I think about that all the time. I'm mm. like, you know, why? Why me? Why? I mean, what happened for me was back in March. I still remember the day. It was like 9-11. You just don't forget. But I was sitting on my couch. This was back when I still like tuned into the morning news, which I, I haven't watched the news in months. Uh, I turn on the news and it just says COVID-19. And that moment I just was staring up at the TV and I'm like, oh, wow, what is this about? And then a week went by and they said, okay, we got to lock down for two weeks. And I remember having like a panic attack thinking I had to be locked down in my house for two weeks. And to me, that was this like triggering feeling of this is a commie takeover. Mm. Wear a mask. Don't leave your house. There's no toilet paper. Like what is, what is going on? And then it turned into a month and it was two months. And then everybody's on zoom, like drinking the day away. And like, it just, everybody like went crazy. (laughs) Everybody went crazy. And I don't know. Now we're going into month nine and my state is um, still on lockdown. They're telling everybody not to have Thanksgiving. My family Mm. canceled Thanksgiving. For me, that's heartbreaking. Mm. Over a 99% survival rate. They're telling people to wear masks at their home. Really? Where you are? Well, actually not where I am, but other states in the United States. I know Pennsylvania announced that and it was just, and you know, people will do it. You know, mm. there's people out there that will say, oh, you know, the government said 
wear a mask, they have my best interests, I, I better do it. And it's like, you don't have to do it. You don't have to play the game. You don't have to buy into this narrative. And, and nobody, I think maybe nobody has the time to research or they just don't care or they just don't even realize that the research is out there. There's answers out there. And for me, I don't know whether knowing is better, but it gives me a sense of peace that I'm not crazy for being rebellious. Yeah. Because no, that's how I that. feel. And this was recent then. So, I mean, I'm looking at your research. It's very in-depth. And you're only talking yeah. about March. Yeah, I started really deep diving in March. All these videos, like everything I've done has been really since March. And um, prior to that, it was just more mind control stuff. Okay. And I think once you understand mind control mm. and propaganda and how they do it, it's so much easier to see the bigger picture and, you know, how things connect and and then you start hearing certain names and organizations and then it all kind of pieces together and you're like, oh, okay, this really yeah. makes sense now. And oh, I... Go, sorry, no, go, no, no, go, no, go, sorry. No, I was just gonna, uh, this, I had this crazy connection with JFK that I really wanted to get into. Um, so, and it ties into the House of Bourbon, which was just mind blowing to me, but uh, John F. Kennedy and Jackie, on their honeymoon went to Mexico and they stayed at the Mexican president's villa. And it was at this villa that Jackie wrote this poem and it, I'm going to read it. It says he would find love. He would never find peace for he must go seeking the golden fleece. And I read that and it stuck out to me out of all the poems that she wrote, she's published all kinds of poetry. And, but this poem, I just could not get it out of my head. I'm like, what is the golden fleece? Like, what does that mean? Why was he seeking it? And it just sent me down this um, journey of mission to find the Golden Fleece. And I found two things. And the first one was this Greek myth. And we all know that the black nobility is obsessed with Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. And the Golden Fleece was the skin of Zeus's holy ram. The two children of King Athamas, Phrixus and Hell, were condemned to be sacrificed by the orders of their stepmother, and Zeus, who saw this as an injustice, released his holy ram to save them. And the holy ram flew down, took the children away, and continued on this long distance travel with the children. But during the flight, hell fell from the ram's grip, plummeted into the ocean, into his death. And the area of the ocean where hell fell is known today as Hellspontine, which is modern day Turkey. Coincidentally, that same location is where JFK Jr. and his wife Carolyn honeymooned. And just like hell, JFK Jr. fell from flight into the ocean to his death. And I thought that was such a bizarre parallel. And the second thing that I discovered when I researched the Night of the Golden Fleece um, during the presidency of JFK, the, the head of the House of Bourbon, Robert Hugo, who was the ruler of the Jesuits and the Vatican at the time, was the Knight of the Golden Fleece. That was his ordained title. So for me, this was just like my aha moment. I thought, whoa, I was able to find this random poem in a book written by Jackie Onassis about the Golden Fleece and come to find out it ties into the House of Bourbon. Mm. And then you think about you know, the Club of Rome and how they played a huge part in the Cuban Missile Crisis. And 
approaching Kennedy with all these ideas and the same year he was murdered. And I know that a lot of people believe that his death had to do with um, alien disclosure or cloning centers. I mean, there's so many reasons why people think Kennedy died, but, and which could all be very true. And I don't know, but I believe it goes back to the black nobility who ultimately oversees the mafia and the CIA. It's, and I just thought that was fascinating. No, and it is. It, it's fascinating that these things. And do you think that they feel like they're, they're noticing that this stuff is starting to come out? Because to me, I want to get your take on this. Really, they don't usually do things this fast, this quick, because they're going to wake a lot of people up. And that's exactly what's happening. They seem like something spooked them. I just want to get in your take on what you think that might have been. Because you say in March that the, the speed of this went up and they've taken hundreds yeah. of hundreds of years since the late 1700s to roll these mm -hmm. things out if you look back yeah. 1776 seems to be a year that particularly keeps coming up and up and in everything mm -hmm. and they do all of this stuff and it's so intricate and as you said the pentagon is is modeled on on the um on the i believe you said it was a, a castle or a building from the Bour bourbons was it the bourbons? yeah the um the... house of farnese Sorry, they house had of farnese. their yeah they had their villa um yeah, the Pentagonal Mansion in Caprarola, Italy. And uh, what's interesting is there was actually a United States senator, senator from Pennsylvania. His name's Larry Farnese, who is a descendant of the House of Farnese. But he actually just got voted out. But I know he was a senator for the last six years, I think. So to me, again, under the Trump administration, he got, he's done. So I don't know if that's a weird coincidence, but it just seems like there's all kinds of people in these positions that are either uh, resigning or just, you know, exiting office. And I don't know if that has anything to do with Trump, actually, or if they just got voted out. I mean, as you know, with this whole voter thing going on right now, it's just pandemonium. And yes. I, I don't even have an opinion on that, to be honest, because I, I don't watch the news. I, I'm far beyond the right-left paradigm at this point. So... I think we just have to wait and see what happens. And if I had to make a prediction, I do believe they're going to say Trump is the winner mm. and we will go into full blown civil war. I agree with that. I think they're going to flip it. I think they'll yeah. flip it within the next couple of weeks and you're going to see a shit show. And um, yeah, absolutely. I think that was the setup all along. I think they that are gas. The setup. Yeah. They are totally gaslighting the left and they are going to go insane. That's what I think. Absolutely. I think that's completely it. And, and it was only if they realised it didn't make any difference anyway. They were still going to be handled by these people. But the, mm -hmm. say the research you've done has shown that someone can get in there and start to make a bit of a... Like JFK seemed to be the last one that really kind of caused a bit of a problem here. And he obviously had Matt... Mm -hmm. um, uh, who's the other guy that got shot? I want to say Lincoln? Lincoln got yeah. shot? Lincoln yeah. was... He Lincoln. seemed to try and... Every, both times it seemed like they were trying to print their own money it seemed to be mm -hmm. that seemed to be the one of the two things that correlated between Lincoln and Kennedy they were going to print their own greenbacks goldbacks was it greenbacks I can't remember yeah um, it seems something to do with the finance so there is obviously a financial element there and then we come to the World yeah. Economic Forum who seem to be running the world now with a great yeah. reset and yeah. Charlie Robinson has written in his book his latest book um, he's a great researcher as well he um is writing about the um basically the crashing of the the purposeful crashing of the economy of the American empire. And um, it's happening here as well. We can clearly see they're trying to reset the economy in every major country and, and then build it up in their own 
image. Um, would you say that's coming from the Vatican, coming from the black nobility, coming from this, this uh, the um, Prince Carlo? That would be something they're in control of? I believe so. And when you look at uh, Klaus Schwab, Schwab. That's interesting. So yeah, Klaus Schwab founded the World Economic Forum. He is a German engineer and economist. And I googled Klaus Schwab books, and he has written seven dating back to 2002. And he's written about reshaping Asia, the fourth industrial revolution and the Great Reset. He's been all over the internet discussing food shortages, lockdowns, the Great Reset, amenities for those who have received the COVID-19 vaccine. So, I mean, these people, I believe he is a puppet for the black nobility. He's the, the person out there like explaining like, hey, this is what's coming. I just want you to prepare. He wrote the Davos Manifesto of 2020, uh, which is online for anybody to read. I recommend you go read it if you really want to know what is going on. But basically what it states is that there is this conflict over the future of capitalism and the future of technology. And this all ties into what these social media companies are doing with censorship, uh, 5G, and artificial intelligence. And I think by now you can connect all the dots and see that none of this is coincidence. This is all by design and COVID-19 is the Trojan horse to get everybody on board. And Greta Thunberg, who was like 17 at the time, was speaking at the World Economic mm -hmm. Forum. And I just, to me, that's like, you just, you're 17. She did not get there by accident. And when you go back to Camilla, the, the wife of Prince Carlo, she doesn't follow a lot of people on Instagram, but she follows Greta Thunberg. There's all kinds of connections with these, you know, so-called puppets when you go to these black nobility Instagram accounts and you're like, you know, here she is with Bill Gates. Here she is with Buzz Aldrin. Um, here she is with Bill de Blasio. It's like, you know, all these people are connected. And when you think about the black nobility and all the other powerful groups out there, I think the bill or I think the black nobility oversees many of them, including the council on foreign relations, the trilateral commission, the Bilderberg group, Tavistock, uh, the Zionists, Freemasonry, the Knights of Malta, the Shriners, I, the Kabbalist Jews, Knights of Columbus. I, I think that it's this um, conspiratorial umbrella of all these people, all these families, and these sellouts that sell out to be a part of this or to make money or you know whatever they're doing um, to forward this communist agenda. To this to this new world order which i feel like we are heading towards rapidly heading towards you mentioned yeah. earlier that a feudal system for anyone who doesn't know what the feudal system is can you explain what that actually means uh feudal system is just at the absolute power okay um it's basically you know if you look at like if it was a pyramid it would be like the peasants the workers um and then, you know, it just goes on all the way up to the top of the pyramid, which is the absolute rule, which would be the black nobility. And they just it's like this um, the system where they just control everybody. So it seems to me that, that that's already in place. And I've said this before. We yeah, already, we already have a one world bank. We already have a one world yes. government, but they aren't able to do it outwardly in plain mm -hmm. sight. And what they seem to want to do is step out in the shadows and not have to dick around anymore. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. And well, that brings me to the Great White Brotherhood, which I really wanted to talk about. Yes, yeah, let's move on to them because that was fascinated me as well, um, me as well. Because obviously, you get you got the Aryan race, and then you've got the the yes. Nazi the Nazi belief system there of the bl- blonde hair, blue eyes Aryan race, which made me laugh because Hitler's anything but blonde haired and blue eyed as well. You'd have thought he tweaked yeah. that one that he was in right. for the culling, but he clearly didn't get that. Although he was a Rothschild by the looks of it, so maybe yes. he thought he'd get away with it. So yeah, let's talk about the Great White Brotherhood. And by white, we don't mean white Black Lives Matter. We don't mean white people. We don't mean uh, the black nobility are not black African-American people of colour, whatever you want to call it now, whatever you're allowed to say. We're talking about a maybe not even a, a race as we are a race, I believe. Exactly, exactly. So... Uh, the Great White Brotherhood goes all the way back to the Imperial Cult of Rome, which was the very first secret society and the true power behind the Roman Empire. This cult was so top secret that even the Roman government was completely in the dark about who was actually in charge. And this cult claimed divine authority to rule through their descendants from the lineage of man who was birthed by Minos the Crete. And again, we go back to Greek mythology. Minos the Crete was the founder of the Roman Empire and was raised by King Asterion, which translates to ruler of the stars. Uh, Michelangelo painted Minos the Crete in the Last Judgment painting. It can be found at the Sistine Chapel in Vatican City, and he's depicted as the devil himself. And it was written that Minos spawned the master race which, like you were saying, was popularized by Nazi Germany. And this master race currently occupies Switzerland and Greenland, which is known as the Great White Brotherhood. And the island of Greenland is officially owned by Denmark, which is referred to as Greenland of Denmark, which becomes the acronym for God. Mm-hmm. And we know Switzerland is a banking empire and home to the World Economic Forum, which is held every year in Davos. And it kind of makes you wonder why Trump was so obsessed with purchasing Greenland. And there was a book written called People of the Secret, and it stated that there's a hidden directorate that's influencing and guiding and intervening in humanity's destiny over the centuries and ages. And this great white brotherhood claims to have been present in every single secret society that has ever been in power since the fall of the Roman Empire on Earth. And the Great White Brotherhood solely refers to themselves as man, while they expect all of us to refer to ourselves as human. The term hue means property of color. And these these men of the Great White Brotherhood uh, were known to have white skin, red hair, blue or green eyes. In other words, they have the look of the Irish, which is the idiom for luck of the Irish. Uh, the color black constantly equates to be lack. And if you write it down on paper and you break that down even more, it says 13 lack, which is a reference to the 13 bloodlines of the Rome Illuminati, which lack African blood, hence the term the Great White Brotherhood. And it's the Jesuits that are trained to use this esoteric knowledge and black magic of the great white brotherhood. And that's, that's how it all connected for me. So you've got the very top of the pyramid, the great white brotherhood operating out of Greenland and Switzerland, allegedly, 
and then you have the black nobility, and then you have the Jesuits, the Vatican, and the United Nations. And when you think about those groups alone and who they oversee, and so the next tier would be, you know, your Trilateral Commission, Club of Rome, Committee of 300. And to us, those are like the powerhouse groups, but it mm -hmm. just keeps going. So to me, this video, this research that I just finished, um, kind of feel like I don't even know where I go from here. Yeah, because you're going to the like top, yeah. I'm so, like, I don't know what else, mm. I don't even know where to go from here, but it I mean, just things blew that my you're mind. just saying there, I mean, like 13 lakh for black, and thir so it would be the 13 lakh lives matter, mm -hmm. and that would be a George yeah. Soros thing. So he's seeing that, yes. and what they're producing, they, they're getting people to promote something, they don't really know what they're promoting. So they're, yeah. they're promoting that these great white brotherhood matter under the skies of black lives matter yeah that makes sense so it's an inversion yes. again isn't it's it an it's an inversion yes inversion. it's again. totally that's madness it's mind, so you've mind got the great white brotherhood at the top black nobility mm -hmm. jesuits vatican the un do you so the um i'm terrible with names prince carlo would he be a mm -hmm. representative of the great white brotherhood overseeing the jesuits yes yeah yes yes prince carlo since he is he's uh, ruling the Constantian order and working with the Knights of Malta who oversee the international law I think Prince Carlo even though he's not a known person if there was one more puppet to get thrown under the bus you might go up a level and find out about Prince Carlo someday but I don't even know if that's possible at this point but I don't know it's just it's all mind-blowing to me and this has come at you since March, and that's what I find staggering because I've been yeah. looking at this stuff for a fair few years now, um, and the stuff in your your videos was was new to me, and it added another level to me because I've stuck at the at the Vatican for ages. Yeah, going, I, I know. I know that obviously the Rothschilds are puppets, and they're all just top down. But where do we go from here? And mm -hmm. I've never heard of that guy before. And I sent you a a screenshot of um, Prince Carlo and I believe that possibly is Prince Carlo in Eyes Wide Shut could be Bob Hope I'm open to either but to me when you sent it to me and I watched your video back I was going that looks like to me looks like Prince Carlo which make would make far more sense in in Eyes Wide Shut than Bob Hope would although Bob Hope obviously has a lot to do with mind control so there is elements there but to me that was like this guy coming in and giving the haven't seen the film in years so forgive me if i'm wrong but he seems to come in and give what what was the the character's role in in guide wide shut he, to me he was just the leader of the cabal he was the host of the party like the <clears throat> the main guy i think when you sent that to me it blew me away because it made so much more sense than bob hope it so looks much more so much like him and it looks so much like i yeah yeah i'm I so glad you sent that to me um and this is what, because I, I, my background's in film, I'm a filmmaker, film director, documentary filmmaker, yeah. have been for a long time, so I've grown to being able to see patterns and recognition, and I know how things are put together. And you mentioned earlier um, that when you were watching that in March, you were able to see the propaganda for what it was because you'd studied mind control, and I think the mm -hmm. same with me is because I studied how media was put together for since I was about five right. or six. I'm able yeah. to see the, the manipulation in any bit of media, anything, and... Um, it's quite obvious to me, but other people can't see it. And I'm like, that's right. so, but now it's not even hidden anymore. 
like this is terrible especially in the uk yeah. and you, have, you don't get the nhs adverts there obviously but over mm-hmm. here they're mad they're absolutely like batshit crazy mad they really are the, the supermarket adverts are batshit crazy if anyone's listening go see the new tesco's advert they're shuffling down the down the aisle so they don't go near each other you've got a yeah. cross-eyed guy outside asda putting his thumb up like this come oh to asda God. i mean i think they're trolling people <sighs> Because yeah. these are nasty, these are psychopaths, and they like to take the piss out of you. They'll, yes. So these they're so over the top, hands face space here. Boris Johnson's pissing himself out of the back, and I and I find that so sad. I'm like, if you only you knew how much they're laughing at you, you would be disgusted. I know. And then you've got the vaccine, and we've got Biden gets sworn. Well, not Biden isn't in yet, and I don't believe he's ever going to be in, but. That all happens two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, and then suddenly in the UK we've got three vaccines ready, three COVID vaccines ready. Two of them are RNA vaccines that would basically transverse the RNA back into your DNA and probably grow you an extra ear in 10 yeah. years' time. And not only that, people don't realise that that's going to affect your kids down the line, that DNA you're passing on down the line. And which is one reason, a really weird caveat for that, is one reason I don't think why Michael Jackson had children of his own. I think Michael Jackson realised that he would pass a lot of his trauma down through genetics. So I think he understood. And I think that's why his kids don't know nothing like him, by the way. So I, I just, I've looked into a lot because I really think that his story opens up a lot of doors to what's going on. Spielberg, again, I sent you the other thing. I don't think that's his real name. Spielberg means, spiel means to tell a lie. Berg means mountain, big, big lie. George Lucas, Lucas, light. He's not, they're not these, they play characters to me. Like, these yeah. are characters. And we know, and I sent you the other day, Steven Spielberg was a Jesuit scout. Yes. I mean, come on. I know. So this is what I'm saying. The whole thing is is one big theatre show, isn't it? And then when you sat on the yeah. couch last March and you said that, what is it about you that were able to see that and other people aren't? Because to me it's maddening, isn't it? It's yeah. so blatant. How did you kind of... Because that's a lot to kind of take on so quickly. I've had a lot of time to get used to it and and um, kind of... In, <laughs> I know people don't understand this stuff, mm-hmm. but I find it hard now with COVID. I just don't like to sort of yeah. get your take on that happening to you so fast and then seeing people go one way and you went the other. Wow, I think when you understand history, I mean, with the whole communism, just understanding what communism is and what socialism is and the whole Marxist ideals and... I've seen it kind of trickle into the United States over the years, especially during the presidency of Barack Obama. That was, those eight years were so depressing to me when he was our president. I I did not like his administration. I did not like the agendas that were happening. I felt like there were so many false flags happening to take away our guns, um, take away our First Amendment. And to me, I was see this was back in 2008 I was in my 20s and I it just made me so angry and then I was seeing other people react and they just loved him like they were just mesmerized by Obama yeah and I think it really started for me then with with Obama too I was just like this isn't the America I grew up in and so I think over the years you know leading up until COVID just kind of seeing this like slow trickle of Marxist ideology coming in and being like, well, why are we doing that? And like, why was this passed? And, you know, why is this on the news? And 
And then when you look in history, and history tells us that these Jesuit agents have been infiltrating countries all the way back to the 1700s. And we know that the Jesuits still exist. So you would have to assume there are still Jesuit agents in our country, in other countries, infiltrating. And maybe it's more under the radar. Maybe maybe it's not as blatant as it used to be. Um, but what's interesting, there was a Canadian Indian tribe called the Huron. And they blamed the Jesuits for causing deadly outbreaks of diseases. And I'm like, well, that's what's happened. Like this, I mean, I don't, I don't really understand what COVID is. I just know it's a total scam, but it's kind of like the same thing, but in a different way. It's a modern day thing of what the Huron Canadian tribe went through. It's like, you know, Bill Gates, he's doing the same thing in India. He's causing these outbreaks of diseases and then creating a solution with his vaccines. It's like, it makes no sense to me. And so when COVID happened, I think just a buildup over the years of seeing this infiltration and understanding mind control and propaganda. And I know a guy who worked in the news for 20 years and he, he told me, he's like, you know, the news, the media placate to the American people as if we all have a fifth grade education. He's Mm -hmm. like, that's how dumb they think we are. And a lot of people don't think past the news. They're just like, Oh, this is what the news is telling me. It must be true. It's like, and it's a very lonely existence when you watch it and then you look over at your neighbor and they have a Joe Biden sign in their front yard or like you're talking to a family member and they're wearing a mask and they're telling you how scared they are of this deadly disease. I mean, I have an uncle who just passed away and we couldn't go to his funeral and we had to watch it online. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we can't even go support the family. And I cried. I was just like, Mm. this is like, what is happening to people? And, you know, people are like, oh, it's okay. It's better off. You know, the, the, the disease is so deadly. And I'm just like, oh. it's a 99% survival there's rate. No like, what are we doing? To that. I've, there's no I evidence know. for that. And that, and then when you ever, you ask someone, do you know someone who's got, had this? And then they go, yes, they tested positive for it. And you go, do you understand the, do you understand how easy it is to muck up a PCR test? Do yeah. you understand how useless the PCR test really is for what they're using it for? It can only tell you that a small, a small strand of DNA is found within you somewhere. Can't tell you whether you're sick. Can't tell you whether you're diseased, diseased, and it can't tell you whether yeah. you're infectious. Can't tell you whether your viral load is enough to infect other people. It's mm-hmm. fucking useless what they're using it for. It does work for what it's supposed to be worked for, but all it can tell you is it's a part of a process. That's all it is. It's part of a process. And that's when it's used in a controlled environment and spent two weeks looking at the sample, not in a basketball court in a high school. Yeah. Handled by some guys that think pretend they're the army, but they're dressed... I don't know why they dress camouflage. Like, you don't need to dress yeah. camouflage. I know you're in the army. You don't need to, to, to wet drop. That's just ridiculous. It's obviously yeah. for the cameras. But it, it's... So it falls down on every hurdle, but they don't want to hear it. And that's the real hard thing is, like, I don't want to hear... You don't need to go into the Jesuits. You don't need to go into... Because you're never going to get them there. Yeah. In a million oh, years, you would never get them to even understand yeah. what a Jesuit is or a black nobility is. Mm-hmm. They might have heard of the Rothschilds if you're very lucky. Maybe, yeah. Um, if you're very lucky, they'll understand what the Vatican is probably because they've seen um, Da Vinci Code, and that's about it. But they will not get past 
the news. And you'll go, don't watch the news, just go and do your own research. Mm. And then the next day they'll be back watching the news again. And I'm like, and it's like Watiko, I think it was the African tribes called it Watiko, mind blindness. You're suffering from mind blindness caused by mind control. You are blind to this stuff, but people like me and you and the thousands of others, hundreds of thousands of others, are not. And I, I likened it over Gareth, Gareth, like I said, it's likened it to waking up in a, in a sane asylum and realising, fuck me, that I'm in the asylum and everybody else, a lot of people here are insane and I'm not. But because I'm one of the, I'm in the small minority, I am going to come across as a nutter, no matter what yeah. I do, because the people pulling the strings are nuts too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's depressing, <laughs> to be it honest. Is. It is. I mean, it. It really is. It's. Um, I remember back in March when I was on this text thread with family, and we were all kind of like bouncing ideas, like what's what's going on, what is happening, and I said, "This goes back to George Soros and Bill Gates," because I knew that was like a low level, yeah, thing yeah. of like maybe they could kind of understand, because I'm sure you know some of them might have heard of George Soros. Hmm. But they were like, what? Like, they were like, what are you talking about? Like, they thought I was totally insane. And I'm not even kidding you. Like, two months ago, I've had some family reach out to me and say, how did you know? Really? How did you know? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, it's like patterns. It's like picking up patterns and and connecting the dots and knowing who's involved. And then. It's pattern recognition. It's behavior. It really is. Yes. And And then you look into it and you start to confirm Bill Gates dad was head of Planned Parenthood, a eugenics cult. Yeah. His mum was um, very friendly with their guys that were um, the board of IBM. IBM IBM created the Nazi war tech. They funded Microsoft into existence. Bill Gates is an abused child from mm-hmm. a cult family who's now doing this. He's completely off his rocker. But you And I heard a guy in the gym that I go to saying in early March going, I think Bill Gates is behind trying to... Trying to um, kill everyone with the virus. I'm like, no, we're not saying that. We're saying the virus is bullshit and yeah. he's behind yeah. whatever's going to come off the back of this. But they'll only mm-hmm. take one bit. And it's so... There really is very little you can do with most people. Um, yeah. my, my main... I mean, I've, we've gone over a bit, but I'm fascinated talking to you. What do you kind of see the future for people that look into this work? Because we can never put Pandora's box, the lid back on. I can never no. not know this stuff. Yeah. Um, would you take a tablet? This is a good question. Would you take the pill, like the tablet, to put it back in and forget this stuff? No. No, neither would I. But then the responsibility is that you're going to have to live in an insane world, unfortunately. Yeah. Aren't we? And that frightens me more than anything is that am I going to go live in the woods? Where do I go? Yeah. Well, I think um, it was. Oh, I'm, I'm totally blanking. Martin Armstrong. Martin Armstrong is an American economist, and he actually went to prison for not giving or selling his uh, artificial intelligence software to the United States government. And he's a fascinating guy. If you're not familiar with Martin Armstrong, no, go to his, he has a blog and he has a website, and he also has a documentary I can't remember what it's called, but um, he's just a fascinating guy, and he uses um, artificial intelligence. He has these models where he predicts world events, and he's never been wrong. Right. But 
So whenever I talk about predictions, I always have to reference him, but he predicted years ago that the United States would have a civil war. And after the war, the United States would break up into five different nations where like-minded people would find each other and, and like we'd all split up and start these communities and basically start over. So to me, that doesn't seem so crazy compared to when I read it years ago. I mean, mm. to me, that seems like it could, that could definitely happen. That seems everybody, quite hopeful, doesn't it? It fair. seems hopeful. I mean, to, to know, like, if we could just get through the war and start over and, and like, even with schools, I mean, schools have really been exposed, haven't mm. they? Yeah. With their education and the brainwashing that goes on in public schools and um, things like that. And homeschooling has never been more popular. And, you know, even thinking about the Amish communities, the Amish, at some point, the Amish said, no, we are not moving forward with the rest of society. We're going to stay. And now yeah. it doesn't look so bad being Amish. I mean, no. they're like totally self-sustainable. They have their own community, their own education. They're making money. They make beautiful furniture. I mean, they've got a lot going on. And it's kind of like maybe the Amish had it right this whole time. And I feel like society and the world, just in my lifetime, I don't know how old you are. I was born in 83, but... I'm a couple of years older than you. Yeah, so my experience on Earth this whole time, the progression and how fast life has gone since I've been born yes. with technology, it just seems like it's just, it's like this this wheel it just keeps going and going and going and it just won't stop and it's like when are we going to hit the wall yeah I, when I, is it going to i said to you what like i said that we seem to be the last show now knowing that that you were a couple of years younger than myself we're kind of the last generation to not be automized to not to be digitized we're going yes. to be the last people to remember what the world was like before the internet was available exactly. isn't that crazy it is i've had that same thought and it's uh it, I mean, it's it's just so crazy to think about that, to remember the world, like the old world, the world without the internet, the world without cell phones, the world without social media and artificial intelligence and just when you played outside and TV, I mean, everything was just so simple. And it's like, I feel like life has gotten so complicated and harder and fast paced. It's like, you just want everybody to slow down and it just seems like it's just gotten out of control. And now here we are, like, and everybody's just dealing with all this trauma-based mind control on the daily. Like, every time you watch the news and there's mm. so much content out there, it's like you don't even know what to watch anymore. No. And I don't know. I just, it feels like everything's just moving way too fast for me. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And is it, that, that, that's part of the trauma, isn't it? It's, it's just thrown at you. Just before yeah. you go... I wanted yeah. to talk to you about quickly about the the great great white brotherhood. Do you? What's your take on them? Do you believe they're human? As you said, they call themselves oh. man, not human. Do yeah. you believe this connects into the Anunnaki, the reptilian type, you know, off world race that possibly had some sort of infiltration in who we are and how we've become? And do they see us as a slave race? Um, it seems to me that's exactly what they seem see us yeah. as. Absolutely. Well, they, from what I've read, well, and if you look into the research of Arizona Wilder and her testimonies, she talks about how there's this race of reptilians 
that are basically working with the black nobility that are out for blood and kidnapping and scaring and tormenting children. And this ties into the whole like Pizzagate thing and adrenochrome, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. And I think what I've read about the Great Brotherhood is they call themselves the Ascended Masters yeah. or the, the Enlightened Ones, um, the Esoteric Gods. And then when you get into like what Manly P. Hall talks about, like the whole esoteric brotherhood of like Freemasonry and then, you know, those groups, it's all this, it's this like enlightened knowledge that has been passed down. And I've always been on the journey to figure out where does this knowledge come from? And I believe if this research is correct, it comes from the great white brotherhood. So it's that one step above Freemason. It's that one step above the Jesuits and their black magic and their alchemical practices and things like that. So it's very interesting. And again, I can't say 100% for sure, but it, it all makes sense to me. Yeah, makes sense to me as well. And I think a lot of it is is allegories and, and, and talking about the reptilians mm-hmm. and the, there is a race of apparently reptilians that look very white and then you obviously had the da vinci yeah. code and there's the albino guy in the da vinci code seemed to be yeah. the, the the devil bad guy of it all um yeah. and i keep giving you hints to the to who this is and where this is um this has been fantastic i'd love to do this again in a couple of weeks if you have time yeah, and we can go absolutely. even deeper down the rabbit hole because it's nice to chat to someone who doesn't just go to the it's great to do the politics stuff. You have to do that stuff and you have to do yeah. the what's happening out in the real world stuff. But this is the stuff that fascinates me, always fascinates me. I had a guy in last week who's an ex-policeman, looks into esoteric readings of um, how the pyramid tells you all you need to know about humanity and how it locks into the penal gland and you can basically place yeah. it over the head um, and how the stories of the Anunnaki were actually um, stories of, of how we were born. And he, he has a different take on it. And obviously none of us are going to know probably ever until we pass pass on to the next level or the next place. But yeah. this is what makes life interesting to me. And I yeah, really would see. not want to be the one of the ones that's staring at the TV. So I think it's nice to speak to someone. I appreciate your time. If Where can people find your yeah. work? Um, so I'm on BitChute. Amy says WTF. I just started my fourth YouTube channel just to get this video out. It's Amy says WTF and I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Amy says WTF. And before I go, I have to tell you this super short, crazy story about Tom Cruise. Fantastic. Um, I heard um, from somebody I I can't say, but she told me that um, when Tom Cruise got divorced from Katie Holmes, they have a daughter together. Um, the reason for the divorce was because one time when Tom was with his daughter, she saw him shapeshift. Right. And it freaked her out. And so that's why the daughter has not seen Tom Cruise since. And it's been years. But I, I did hear that that was the reason for the divorce and for the reason why Tom Cruise does not see his daughter anymore. Fantastic. And I thought that was insane. That's so incredible. I just to leave yeah, you on no, that. I love that, and, and that makes <laughs> sense. And that you've got the whole Scientology tie into there as well, and that that is crazy as well. And that comes as a lot of Jesuit input into Scientology, and actually a lot yes. of the movements that we've seen, the uh, Stand Up X movements in the UK, they've actually got a lot of infiltration from Scientology as well, which we've no, we've started to find out. So oh, they're in every. Elron yeah. Hubbard was in with Alistair Crowley, I believe. Yes, and Jack Parsons. That whole 
Yeah. That's the next yeah. podcast. Let's go. We got, yeah, we'll have to talk yeah. about that. It's crazy. Okay, guys, head over to glitchinthecode.co.uk to um, check out some more work and Amy's. I'll put all Amy's links below um, and iconic.com to watch the video version of this and the audio. Please share about, guys, and do follow Amy's work because she goes far deeper than most people do and um, she deserves a much bigger audience for this sort of work because if we're going to go and get if we're going to make a difference we need to go to the head of the snake we can't just keep dicking around in politics so forever because it's not going to get us nowhere and that's the point that's the point it's the um bread and circuses for the masses um and this is the stuff so guys i hope you learned a lot from this i've learned loads amy thank you for your time and then maybe we can do this in a couple of weeks time sounds good thank you so much it was so great to meet you you too thank you Welcome to Glitch in the Code.